0: Heckma Harrison, Rob
2: Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, Week 4, Episode 2, as we come to you live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios and our respective socially distant homes. Glad you're with us as we break down what happened on Sunday and the 38-31 loss to the Dallas Cowboys, but start to look ahead. To the Cleveland Browns, coming up here in just a little bit. I'm Kyle Yeomans, alongside Isaiah Stanback, We've got an extra member of Talking Cowboys in studio today, so that's exciting. And Rob Phillips, our Cowboys insider, the great Heckma Harrison, joining us as always. Still saying socially distant, which is just fine in these times, of course. But uh, we're excited to get those guys back in studio pretty soon. But Uh, There's a long list of uh, items we got to get to. Of course, fans on the 50 coming up at 9.50 here in about 15 minutes or so. We'll start answering your fan questions, so send those in on the Periscope stream and on Twitter as well so uh, we can get those kind of taken care of and and really address all of the questions. Because I know... All the fans have a long laundry list of questions as well. But how are we doing today, guys? And, and Isaiah, have you uh, have you been able to look forward a little bit to the Cleveland Browns game coming up? Because I don't think this is going to be an easy one as well.
3: No, you're absolutely correct, Kyle. I do not think this is going to be an easy game. And I hope that everybody else does not look past <laughs> Cleveland because this is not Cleveland of the old, right? This is a new Cleveland, uh, more experienced Baker. I don't think that he's you know quite the way in which he wants to be yet. Um, but they have a formidable running game. I have taken a look at some of the film from last week. These boys are going to come in here ready. Ready to play, so got strap up.
2: And Rob, they're going to have to do it seemingly without Lyle Collins, as the other day, or I guess yesterday, both Stephen Jones and Mike McCarthy addressed the fact that he may not be ready for uh, a Week Four return, which is what was originally previously thought. Have you heard anything different on Lyle Collins, and what exactly is going on with his situation?
1: Boy, well, as you know, injuries this year are more uh, under lock and key than ever. And all that we know at this point is that it doesn't sound like this week Mm -hmm. or maybe anytime soon for Lyell. And, you know, it's been reported that it was a hip injury. And Stephen referenced on the fan yesterday. Maybe it's a couple different things he's dealing with. I know that if you remember, he got back into practice late into camp Mm -hmm. and that was encouraging. And, you know, there was talk maybe the conditioning was part of getting him acclimated back to camp. But then the last week of camp apparently sounded like there was a setback of sorts. Now, how serious, you know, it didn't sound like it was serious at at points in camp. uh, But anytime you're talking surgery and the fact that they're trying to, uh, you know, delay this thing and see how he responds before having that as the last resort, that's never a good indication either. We'll see where it goes. But I think the Cowboys are having to look the prospect of a patchwork line going forward at least on the right side it does sound like Tyron Smith I know we've said this the last couple weeks but I think they're more and more optimistic about this week maybe getting back into practice and trying to play but uh, you might be seeing another rotation or another patchwork issue on right tackle
2: That's disappointing, and and Heckma, I know we talked about it yesterday in terms of finding the best five guys. It reminds me of really the conversation going into last season, coming out of 2018, heading into 2019. Who was the best five? Who were the best five linemen that you're going to put out there, and how are you going to organize it? And I know we talked about some of these different preferences in terms of the line yesterday, Heckma, but is there anything that sticks out to you? Because I know there's a couple different places those puzzle pieces could go.
4: You know, it begins to be cliche, or it is cliche when you say injuries are a part of football, but. You know we have problems all across uh, the line except for number seventy. That's for sure. He can play any position. I don't think there's nothing he can't do at this point. Uh, but we've got to find some type of continuity in that line, and I think the Cowboys are just trying to shuffle the pieces to get that done. It's disappointing the news uh, on Lyle Collins, and you know I don't. Obviously, like Rob said, everything is lock and key, so there's, they're really t- tight-lipped about what's coming out of the star on Lyle. But he was one of our best. Amongst our best linemen last year, and this injury is setting us back. Now, we, we looked at Terrence Steele uh, uh, for, the, for the first three games. He's serviceable, obviously did a really good job uh, first two games, but now it's just getting to the point where you're starting to see uh, where the, that rush is getting to Dak, and he doesn't have any time at all, and it's just pressure coming from everywhere. So, Kyle, yes, we have to find the best five guys that we have that are healthy, uh, but the injury bug is not doing the Cowboys' any favors
2: yeah it really hasn't
4: I don't know about you guys but I liked what I saw the
1: second half of that game like Uh I you know Terrence Steele and it came out yesterday that he was probably dealing with some food poisoning or something uh not a COVID thing uh just you know it's a important yeah I mean (laughs) Stephen had to make yeah Stephen had to make that very clear on the fan but you know if he's back and ready to go this week I you know I, I know Zach Martin's been an all pro for six years at right guard but you know, if he can hold down that edge, and you feel good about Looney inside, and you feel good about what Tyler Beatish did at center, I, you know, I, I mentioned best five yesterday, and to me, that's probably your best five. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're trying to accomplish, I might consider sticking with that. Now, Mike McCarthy's not going to tell us. We'll probably find out at noon on Sunday. Um, but you know, that, that, it seemed to work for him. They they finally found a rhythm. And as much as Dak was throwing in that game, boy, you, you got to be you got to be solid in your pass
2: pro. And really, hopefully, with that case being said, you get your left tackle back this week. Because just because Lyle Collins is out doesn't mean that Tyron Smith can't come back this week. And he tried to go out there. He was working out. We saw it on the pregame show, Isaiah, with Nick Eatman. He was talking about how he was giving it a try. He looked good out there. And Nick was very confident in the fact that this was going to be the final week that he's out if he was out. And he ended up being uh, sidelined for that Seattle game. Hopefully, he's here this week against Cleveland. By the way, just so you, just because you mentioned it, Rob, in terms of Terrence Steele and not being a COVID-19 situation, I'm not going to spend any time on this because nobody wants to hear about it. But uh, there is some break. Breaking news in the NFL. A team outbreak amongst the Tennessee Titans. Now eight new positive COVID-19 tests uh, throughout the the last couple days wow. of testing. So, Really, for the first time, Damn. we're going to see how the NFL reacts to a positive outbreak in terms of COVID-19. Like I said, don't want to spend a ton of time on it. This isn't talking Titans. We're talking COVID-19. We're going to keep talking Cowboys. But I wanted to let that be known because this was released just a couple moments ago on Yahoo Sports. But uh, whenever we look at this offensive line, guys, is this the biggest worry for the Cowboys? I know the secondary is just a huge worry, and, and I know Isaiah is already shaking his head. But uh, the, the secondary, <laughs> I know he is. the secondary is a huge worry whenever it comes to this Cowboys team. But is it the biggest worry because of the offensive line? And is there anything else that sticks out to you after the first three weeks of the season? <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, you know I'm you know I'm gonna say (laughs) with the secondary, right? Obviously, obviously the secondary (laughs) has some work to do. Um, The boys are just they're struggling, man. The boys are struggling. They, you obviously have the second the safeties that are having their eyes in the backfield. They're not communicating and passing off, uh, you know, passing offensive receivers off, you know, in coverage. Then you have you know Diggs and these guys that really can't play man to man right now. Diggs he played okay in the second half, but he he still has gotten torched as as a rookie will every now and then, and he just hasn't caught a break in these first three now going into four games. He's faced a, a number one receiver, a real number one receiver in every game. So, yeah. obviously, the secondary has some issues. The The offensive line, they, they did play well once they, you know, played a little musical chairs on, on that front there <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, I think this is now – you know, we feel like we keep saying this, but collectively, this defensive line coming in here this week, these dudes can play now. Yeah. Um, you know, and where I feel like where Dallas is is has been weak these first three weeks. I feel like Cleveland's strong, and I know we'll get into that in the later in the later and on in the week. But it, the offensive line is a worry, and the secondary is a worry.
2: Rob, do
4: you agree with hey, that?
2: Kyle. Oh, heck, my yeah. What's Uh-oh. up?
4: Go ahead, Hick. Go ahead. No, I I was just saying, I I think that for all of the flack that the offensive line is getting and just not to be a a, a, a stat head here, but Mm -hmm. when it comes down to the numbers that this offense has been putting up right now, we're on pace to shatter a lot of records, 7,000 yards if we stay on this pace. Now, mm. if that's what you want are the numbers and not heck. the wins, then <laughs> you hey, don't want th- we're, we're right there. Uh, but, but at the same time, you have, to, you have to look at the fact that the offensive line has had some success with the yards that Dak is putting up. So, I mean, if we're looking at 1A, 1B as far as what are our priorities and what we need to get together, obviously the secondary would be 1A. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I was thinking about this last night. We don't want to be in these circumstances where there's no fans in the stands or very limited fans in the stands. But I do think it creates a unique situation for a team like the Cowboys all season long, especially on the road, where they're set up to have success because they're not having to deal with crowd noise, especially with an offensive line that's dealing with some things. You know, if if it were rocking. At at uh, CenturyLink Field on Sunday, I don't know if the Cowboys put up 31 points with, with as yeah. much changes as, as they have on their offensive line. I, I and, you know they're going to go into some other tough places this year. Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia is going to be tough, and in Minnesota, and and so I think you hate to see this situation, but I think the offense can can basically settle in every single week and have success. So I have less concern about that uh, than defensively and. Isaiah hit on a, on a great point, you know, I'm with Heckman, and Isaiah hit on a great point in terms of digs because it's tough for him. You know, he's been their best corner so far, but he's been really challenged, and, and, and a lot of it's just due to consistency, guys being in and out of the lineup, and, and quarterbacks are going after him. And the best thing I saw that he did was, with about 10 minutes left to go in the game, They went right after him. Go route to DK Metcalf, and he broke that pass up. It shows he's got a short memory. It shows he's tough, Um, but there's going to be growing pains. And so, when when you have a rookie back there, and you've got there's some communication issues overall, off and on, uh, there's just a lot to clean up back there right now.
2: There's a lot to clean up, and I think there's more to clean up on the secondary side of things than there is the offensive line. And I agree with you, Rob. I don't think the competitiveness of Trayvon Diggs is ever going to be questioned. Uh, that wasn't a question coming out of college. He's always been a competitor. He's just like his brother, Stefan Diggs, who's tearing up the league as a wide receiver right now and always has torn up the league as a wide receiver. But it, it's really the the trial by fire. It's putting him into a tough situation early on to the fact that he has to make these plays against a Julio Jones, against the DK Met. And now he's going to have to do it against Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. coming up. I think the biggest thing here is is even though we've got the injuries both in the secondary and on the offensive line, you're missing Anthony Brown and Cheeto Awuzie more than I think you're missing Alayel Collins and a Tyron Smith, not because Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith aren't great players and they aren't crucial to your football team, but mostly for the fact of you have guys that can replace them more notably in terms of uh, what the Cowboys have in the secondary because they don't have the replacements like you would uh, a a guy stepping in like a Brandon Knight and maybe even moving a Zach Martin out to tackle. Now, whenever it comes to this weekend – Because of the the issues and because of the the team that's coming up in the Cleveland Browns, who scares you most based off of the the injuries and the, the holes in the offensive line and the secondary? Is it Miles Garrett going up against that offensive line? Or is it these wide receivers going up against the secondary from Cleveland's perspective?
3: I am... Ooh, that's a good question there. Um, I'm honestly more. That con- is good. I'm at, honestly, I- I'm gonna throw a third one in there. Okay. I'm honestly more concerned about our defensive line. Uh, versus this versus this rushing attack. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm more concerned about that. Uh, you saw our, our defensive line show up a little bit more um, than they had in the previous two weeks um, last week in Seattle. I think they did an okay job, but I think Seattle still averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we know what's going to happen this week. These guys are going to come in. They're not going to abandon the run like Seattle did. These guys are going to hand the ball off. Every single time, and on film, this offensive line is mean. They're nasty, um, and you know we already know these running backs. I mean, and, and Chubbs and um, and Hunt, they're going to come downhill. So I'm more concerned about the presence at on our defensive line and being able to to be stout up front. Um, to not allow these guys to get the rushing going because if they if they can be stout, then I'm not really worried about Baker Mayfield throwing the ball around. He's not that mm-hmm. accurate of a quarterback yet. <sighs> okay, um, but I'm also if the defensive line is not stout, then guess what? Then these 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 linemen are up on a second level, and now all of a sudden you're having to worry about you know um, um, Smith, Jalen, and um, and Thomas having to take on these linemen, and we know we can't afford either one of those guys to go down.
2: That's huge. Heckma.
4: Yeah, for me, this look—I—I I think it's more what I what I'm looking at is more in line with what I, what Isaiah is saying. But I think it's the the X's and O's, the coaching. It's uh, Kevin Stefanski versus Mike Nolan's defense. I think Kevin Stefanski uh, being the former offensive coordinator for the Vikings, and we saw what that running game uh, with Coop, with well, uh, Dalvin Cook, excuse me, was presented to us at AT&T Stadium last year, and and with chubb and hunt man it's it's going to be a challenge for us they do a variety of things in 22 they these guys even have play with a fullback how about that you know and, and i think it's going to be uh a, a challenge for our linebackers hooper their tight end uh there's going to be a lot there uh for our defensive front these guys are going to have their work cut out for them because it's going to be a, a ground and pound kind of mm-hmm. game uh for the browns against us
1: yeah i the run game is jumps out just from watching them on Sunday a little bit. Uh, They come at you in waves and it will allow Baker Mayfield to settle in a little bit if, if they can establish that balance. But I I probably have to lean towards just the duo running back Landry and and Beckham. Uh, You know, they're, they're going to challenge the Cowboys secondary and based on probably what they saw on film in the first half, at least of, of the Seattle game. And, and, and and how do the Cowboys respond? And, And I do think, you know watching it back uh, the 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 communication back there was better it was better, and they did a better job uh, you know a lot of the 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 coverage that they had led to pressure up front actually in the second half, so there was something to build on there uh, but when you have receivers of that quality on both on the outside both sides um it just doesn't get any easier for this defense, man. It's crazy. Now, they're they're not up against a Super Bowl quarterback, uh, but the talent is there at the skill positions.
3: Yeah. That's the game changer, Robert. The
1: talent's there at the skill positions to really challenge you again this week.
3: Very much so. And if we're looking at just receivers versus the secondary versus the DBs, obviously I'm taking the Cleveland Browns uh, uh, receivers. However, they don't have... Russell Wilson, like you mentioned, yeah. dropping the ball in the bucket, right? So it kind of nixes that advantage yeah. who, in a sense.
2: Who who do you think, just real quickly before we go to break, who do you think has the better wide receivers, Seattle or Cleveland? Seattle. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I think D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are better receivers yeah. than Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Sure, Landry and Odell Beckham, they, <laughs> yeah. they're still great, yeah. and they have the name and they have the, the, the career to back it up, but I just think Metcalf yeah. and – and Lockett posed a, better, a bigger threat right yeah. now. And you got through that uh, at least. Nah, I wouldn't say get through that well. Let's just let's leave it at that. Bad but bad. At we we, we learned. It was a learning day. It was a learning day for the Cowboys secondary on Sunday. When we come back, fans on the 50 continue to send in your questions. But where in the world is Connor McGovern? We're going to talk about that next. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys.
5: Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Essilor is a
0: proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. back to talking cowboys
2: it's a tuesday edition here of talking cowboys you know what that means it's time for some fans on the 50
0: fans on the 50
2: Yeah, we've got ourselves a little bit of an opener now. How about that? we got an opener in there that sounds fantastic. (laughs) Credit to Chris Beam, our fantastic producer in the back. And then uh, (laughs) we've also got Douglas Bearclaw (laughs) over there as well doing some fantastic work for the audio side of things. But we've got ourselves a little fans on the 50 intro. And every week, every Tuesday, 9.50, we answer your fan questions, send them in on Twitter and on Periscope. You can continue sending them in. I'm looking at the Periscope comments, and uh, there's going to be a ton of uh, ton of questions rolling in here over the next couple days. This first one's going to be kind of tough, and I'm going to give this one to Rob, because Rob might be the only one that, that really uh, has the inside information, because I know I don't have it, in terms of Tristan Hill after what was pronounced, or I guess, said as the gator roll tackle the other day uh, on Chris Carson. Is there any opportunity that we see uh, or any chance that we see any kind of Repercussions, any kind of circumstance where he gets either suspended or suspended or fined over that hit, and also the head-to-head hit to Russell Wilson. Rob,
1: you guys see? You guys watch WWE or or UFC? Absolutely. They kind of had a Ken Shamrock, uh, Kurt Angle, ankle (laughs) lock (laughs) feel to it. And you know, the Cowboys came out, and you know, Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan both were were emphatic that there wasn't intent and I don't believe there was intent either. I think, I think Tristan's a really passionate young player. I mean, he motor is the thing we kept hearing about him coming out of college, you know, high energy player. And I think he's got something to prove this year too. I think, I think a lot of, he took so much criticism last year. I think he's really trying to show it on the field. And I think it was, it was incidental. Um, But you know, I, I wonder, I don't, I don't, I'd be surprised if there's a suspension Mm -hmm. and it's really unfortunate what happened to Chris Carson. I hope, it sounds like he's going to be okay, um, at least for, at some point this season. But, you know, anytime that you hit Russell Wilson, that, that one that jumped out to me, when, when that happens, uh, you may be looking at a fine. I don't, I don't know if, if that'll happen. Um, but, yeah, that, that's pretty unfortunate. And it sounds like Seattle was pretty ticked off about it, too.
2: Yeah, not, not a, a good thing to see on film. And it, it, Fox did really do him any favors in the fact that they kind of just replayed it over and over and over and over again. I, I'm right there with you. I don't think it was intentional. I, it, it's hard to – and Isaiah, you can probably speak to this, but <laughs> it's tough to to really tell whether or not it's intentional at the time. Did you think there was any malicious intent? It's
3: it's very hard to say whether or not it was a malicious intent. Okay. I I can say as a player, you know when it when it, when it be done with a play. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. Um yeah. I can't I can't say that he was doing it intentionally to try to try to inflict pain and hurt on mm-hmm. Carson but I do think he went beyond the point of which he should have in terms of being done with the play. He he made the tackle um, yeah. he made the tackle and then for another couple of seconds he decided to now turn and while this dude's leg is locked in your arms and start rolling. Well, even though you may not have intentionally tried to hurt him? Well, you know, by holding somebody's leg and rolling over, nothing good's going to come from that. Yeah. Right? So, um it's one of those it's one of those fine line things. I don't think that he'll get suspended, but I do think that he will get fined for uh, I think they'll probably fine him more for the hit on Wilson. Wilson at uh, the end of the and game and taking taking that death roll into account yeah. as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's a great point, and there's a reason but, we're talking about it, it that way.
4: In studio, in studio, Isaiah is a lot calmer than at the house. I think. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> no, look, it's a, it's a difference between dirty players and dirty plays. Uh, that's Bush League, man. You you learn that in, yeah. in Little League not to do that yeah. or to do that, right? And you and, and from everything that I've heard about the fraternity of NFL players, it's just not something that you do. Mm-hmm. And you know better than that. And so, uh, Rob. I'm with you. He's a guy that's trying to prove himself. He's playing with high intensity and energy. He made a mistake, right? And yeah. if you look at him in college and and even his his first year in the league, he hadn't that wasn't that wasn't a part of his game. But maybe in Seattle, he you know convenient amnesia. He lost consciousness mm-hmm. and did, made a few bad plays back to back, albeit. Uh, but at the same time. You know, I'm, there is a fine. I feel like as though, especially with all the attention that it's getting, that a fine is imminent.
2: Okay.
1: And well, you know, if go. this happened to Zeke, I, I, you know, if this happened to Zeke, I think we'd be up in off. arms, and it, it would be, it would be, the story, it would be all over SportsCenter. Yeah. And so, I get it. I get why Seattle's upset. I, but I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he mm-hmm. was trying to make a play and trying to help his defense save this game. And uh, it's just unfortunate.
2: And, and like. Kind of how Isaiah said, it doesn't need to be malicious intent in order for it to be a fine. And I don't think it was malicious intent, but there's a reason we are talking about it two days later as, oh, is there any kind of repercussions that are going to come from that hit and from the role that uh, are going to move forward? Now, heck, th- my th- this,
3: there, there will be repercussions, but it, it won't come from the league. <laughs> it may not be yeah, from the league. Yeah, it's not going to be from the league. guys, they called him a dirty player
2: and they, they took note. Guys are exactly take right. note.
3: And, and playing against Cleveland with a with an offensive line that's already known as being a little edgy, Mm. you best believe he might want to keep his feet out the ground. Just saying. Just saying. It happens. Guys take note of it, and if they have an opportunity to inflict some pain, they probably will take their
2: their shot. That's a great point. This next question comes from ATK on Periscope, and I love this question for Heckma Harrison right here. Isaiah, I know you'll piggyback on this as well, but how bad do things have to get in the secondary before you think the Cowboys have to add some help? And by by you think we mean the Cowboys' front
4: office? They have the ha- the highest passer rating in the NFL. As far as uh, how how much worse do they need to get? Yeah. Uh, for the for a change to be made, there's just the miscues, miscommunication and and all of that. And Stephen Jones, in his interview with 105.3 The Fan, he he said that look, we got the guys here on campus that we believe are going to make the difference. So. I'm waiting to see the guy that we have on campus that's going to make the difference. Um, Woods. uh, Right now, right now Woods and Thompson are just not getting it done. They're getting beat on routes that guys are drawing up in the sand. And you shouldn't have that, especially with two safeties high. When you go back and watch the film on the Seattle game, it's, it's just mind boggling. Like, from high school i mean these guys are not just open they're like high school football open Boone, Kyle yeah. yep. i'm sure you understand what i'm saying in this yep. yeah i mean yep. it, i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna say streaking <laughs> <laughs> they're streaking down the field but we got we've got to do something about that and i think that you have to take the glass off the button right now and start looking all over the league at who we can get in here to to kind of shore up some of these ills hold on
3: heck are you saying that we needed to get a safety is that what you're telling me right now you're saying that we need to pick up a safe spot. Oh, say here so, we go. Idea? Here we go. I think so. So you're saying, that should we drive down to Houston right now? Is that what you're saying? Should we drive down to Houston and just
2: stop everything that's going on? There is a guy down there I've heard named Daryl
3: Thomas. Can, can
4: I go with you?
3: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let's man, let's look, go get him and bring him back. I don't, I don't understand how this is a conversation now going into the fourth week in the season where we had an opportunity to take advantage of this before the season even started. Like, why why are we talking about this right now as if this is new information? Mm -hmm. We knew we didn't have the guys we needed in order to have a Super Bowl run, right? Right now we're one and two, and a big portion of why, a big part of why we're one and two is because of the plays that we're giving up on the back end of our secondary. This was known, right? This is this was information that was not, this is not Morse code. You don't have to decipher what the heck's going on. We knew that we needed help, and we had an opportunity to grab not one, but we had opportunity to grab two different current all-pro safeties, and we said, nah. Nah, we're good. Three. Mm. Yeah, yeah, three. Like, I'm not even going to talk about the honey badger. That, let's <laughs> yeah, not even that's talk true. about that. But we had <laughs> yeah. That's true. So we passed on three. I, I don't know when in the history of Everton do you pass on three Pro Bowl safeties because they don't. Fit what you're looking for.
2: Yeah. Well, the the whole point about the new system with Mike Nolan is the fact that you want to fit your system to the players. And if you can bring in a guy like that, it may may end up working out. It's a little bit tougher to do that with uh, a mid season adjustment and with no preseason to to make that adjustment. But it it, it, at least is an option, and it's something that the Cowboys maybe should have looked at previously. (laughs) But sticking with the secondary, Jake, uh, our guy Jake, who always comes up with fantastic questions for these segments. uh, Jake is the man. He is the man. Uh, Will we see Donovan Wilson get more snaps on defense because of the struggling in the secondary and what we've seen moving forward? I'm going to leave that up to Rob because I feel like it's Uh, all hands on
4: deck. You can't ask Rob about a Texas A&M guy. (laughs) That's
1: true. That's true. That's my guy. That is his guy. That's my
4: guy. I love Donovan
1: Wilson. (laughs) But, you know, the guy I'm thinking about, and look, Donovan has shown he can be around the football Um, what about Brandon Carr? I mean, they signed him. I know they signed him right before the season started, but you know, he got, he didn't play in week one. Uh, I think he got 17 snaps in week two and he only played three snaps against Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, you know, at some point, you know, maybe they need to, they're trying to ease him in, but is he an option? Because I think they've, he, I, I know he's not all pro at safety, like the, the gentleman we mentioned earlier, but he played well for Baltimore last year back there. And I, and I think maybe that's, that's somewhere you could look in-house potentially um, because of his experience and, and because he can play a couple different spots for you. But I, I don't know. All we know is that they, for now, are, are basically chalking things up to maybe lack of time together and, <laughs> and, and you know show some, show some patience here with the guys they have. Uh, but at what point do you do you run out of patience? I don't know. We'll see.
2: Yeah, Now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Out. We're getting some return from the fan. I hear R.J. Choppy on the line. <laughs> that's that's kind of interesting. As they say, now? Yeah, uh, yeah right now I'm what's hearing that? R.J. Choppy. Well, let's continue on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But anyways, whenever we're talking about uh, this secondary, you also got to start with the pressure up front. And the pressure up front was supposed to be something – right? improved this year. We finally saw a little bit of that against Seattle. And we saw it whenever it came to uh, to Alden Smith, 3 sacks mm-hmm. on Sunday which was huge for Alden Smith. But why is Alden Smith your leading pass rusher? Why is a guy who hasn't played football in 5 years outdoing guys like Dontari Poe, like a Tristan Hill who we just talked about, and then most notably like a DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side of the football who's supposed to be an all-pro caliber player? Why, where are these guys? And, and I, I know I mentioned and I teased Connor McGovern. We might talk about that in the next segment, but I do want to hit this because Alden Smith's been great. But how worried are you about the rest of the offensive line or defensive line, rather? Heckma, who? Are
4: you? Oh, you coming to me? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to you. <laughs> uh, my, my bad, my bad, dog. Um, that just ought to show you how good Alden Smith is. Um, and, and the five years of his career that he sacrificed. I, I, I want to, uh, instead of throwing all these other guys under the bus, let's just talk about Alden Smith and who's pa- playing out of his mind right now. Um, and, and just what he's just first three plays from the line of scrimmage when you start the game. Man, Alden Smith is playing like a guy on a mission. And I've read several articles about the fact that we need to go ahead and extend Alden Smith right now. Let's not even wait to the end of the season because he is playing at a, a top level. I don't, you know, when I look at the rest of the defensive line, I don't know if it's just chemistry or what it is. I and it, it always makes me think back to the Gerald McCoy injury. Man, it, what could have been with Gerald McCoy? I don't know. Maybe we're in the same boat. But I'm looking for guys like Crawford. I'm looking for Tristan Hill, who has played with a lot of energy, but also Everson Griffith. guys to make a difference, that be a part of that pass rush to get to him. But we had three sacks. We had three sacks last this, last Sunday, and we had what four or five pressures or, or knockdowns on on Wilson. Yeah. So all in all, when you have a three sack night by just any defense's admission, I would think that you would think that that's a success. Uh, but again, the numbers don't are proving to be otherwise because we're taking such a big loss on the back half of our defense.
1: Rob. Yeah, I think you know. They, they did affect the quarterback overall in the game and i think they had more opportunities in this game because we talked about it last week russ will hold the ball and he will buy time and and, and he'll give you opportunities to hit him and i think they hit him eight times um yeah, eight times at, eight times and, and obviously Alden was was the catalyst there um i don't think tank's healthy i think you know i think um I think he's trying out there. I know he's getting a lot of criticism, but there's a reason he only played 31 snaps in the game. You know They were trying to manage him clearly. I think Alden played 60. You know That's probably where you want Tank when he's at full strength. So they're trying to manage that. You saw more Dorrance Armstrong. You saw more Everson Griffin, like Heck said. Um, and you're seeing a little bit of a change inside, too. I think Antoine Woods took some of Dontari Poe's snaps, uh, mm-hmm. especially in this last game. So you're seeing more of a rotation inside, and maybe they're still trying to kind of figure out their rotation there. I like what I've seen from Tristan Hill overall, save for those two plays we talked about. Yeah, um, But yeah, I mean, Alden's, they, they got to find more the type of production overall, clearly, uh, in addition to what Alden's doing for them.
2: It's going to have to come from somewhere. You got to find a way to, to keep putting pressure on a quarterback, especially this week, like Isaiah said earlier. This is pretty stout offensive line. They've yeah. redone the offensive line in Cleveland, which is something that wasn't the the case in previous years. Still susceptible in areas, but you're going to have to put pressure on Baker Mayfield and force him to make mistakes, because unlike Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield will make mistakes, and it's the second straight segment I believe we've we've ended saying that is the case. <laughs> but uh, When we come back, we're actually going to continue on with, with fans on the 50. I've got more questions that are coming in that are fantastic, okay. Okay. and I want to keep asking about them. And some of them have to do with Jerry Jones, but I will answer answer that uh, Connor McGovern question coming up here in just a moment when we come back here on Talking Cowboys.
0: I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen.
5: Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time.
0: Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
5: A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Are you coming
2: to the Cowboys game this weekend? Make sure to know before you go. Wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all of the safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com safe stadium for details, and if you have any questions, stay safe out there. We want to keep more fans in the stands. They had 21,000 in Week 2 in the win against the Falcons. We need every single one of them out there this again this weekend uh, for what is going to be a tough game against the Browns. And also, whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands, with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more Essilor, whether you're watching from the stands or at home. Glad you're with us for the final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans alongside Isaiah Stanback in studio for the first time. Thank goodness. We've got half of the crew back. Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison will be back with us in studio hopefully sooner rather than later. If you do what the safe stadium says everywhere, you might end up doing that sooner rather than later. But, uh, guys, uh, we're going to continue on with fans on the 50. And, uh, I teased this going into the second segment, and there were a couple other questions that popped up and, and made me push this one down a little bit. But Connor McGovern, and we've talked about the the issues with the offensive line. Most notably, at least for me, I've, I've been disappointed in what Connor Williams has done in the run blocking. And in the, the pass blocking, he's been okay. He's been serviceable. But in terms of run blocking, he's been in the backfield. He's been in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's lap On time and time again from guys like LJ Collier and Puna Ford. But where has Connor McGovern been? Is this an indictment on how really how much of a gap there is between Connor Williams and Connor McGovern, or is it just Connor McGovern not getting the shot that he needs?
3: I don't. I don't know. I, I know Connor <laughs> Williams is not getting her done though. <laughs> he, yeah. did, he did not watch Talladega Nights, and you know, get her done is is something that he needs to figure out. He's not shaking uh, and baking. Yeah, he's not shaking it and baking it by all. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, he's he's getting disrespected, man. I mean, he's he looks like a he looks like a young kid out there. And he truly looks like a young kid out there right now. And I actually, kind of feel I feel a little bad for him. I was actually hopeful that um, that, that that you know Lyle will be back this week and that he that Looney would actually move over and Biotis would come up to center. Oh wow! And then Connor Williams would will kind of you know fall back and, and watch the game a little bit. It seems like he needs a little bit more film study, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on there. I, I do foresee there being a change mm-hmm. at that left guard position. Uh,
2: we may see it sooner than later. Wow. Okay, Rob. Do you feel that same sentiment whenever Isaiah's saying he's out on Connor Williams moving forward?
1: Well, I don't. I don't know if we'll see a change real soon. Mm -hmm. I think um, I hear what Isaiah's saying, though, and and they've got to get more push up front. And um, you know, some of the same things we've talked about Connor the first couple years—the strength—and you know, he's coming off the injury, so I think you know that might have something to do with it. Um, Yeah. Usually that first year back, it can be a challenge. And I, I think they like him, his long-term prospects. I really think they still feel that way. Uh, with McGovern, we just don't know about him. You know, he didn't play at all last year. He really didn't practice last year. And I just wonder if, if he's they feel like he's just still got a ways to go in his development, maybe strength-wise, uh, to get where he needs to be to be able to get, you know. That's a huge part of the guard position because it comes up on you quick. And if you're not if you're not ready at that in that part of it of your game, uh, then it's going to take take a while. So I, that that's that's where I feel like it is. But I, I don't know because we just really haven't seen him.
3: Hey, hey Rob.
1: Yeah, the McGovern what, what, question
4: mark it really worries me. Uh, don't know a lot about what he can do. Uh, and even with Williams, and you know that this this coaching staff they spend a lot of time looking at the film. And if there's a guy that's better, they're going to give him an opportunity. I mean, yeah. you go over to what happened in the second half when they, they they moved our all pro right guard out to right tackle and still that you know bringing in looney beatish uh to there was no mcgovern in that so that just tells me that they don't have a whole lot of confidence in him but for Connor williams man i always go back to something that i heard uh the great nate newton talk about with Connor Williams, that he's been in the league long enough to develop and get the strength that he needs to go ahead and take the next step as an NFL left left guard. And he has all of the ability. That's why he was drafted where he was. We're just not seeing it. And when he does flash that brilliance at left guards, it's just a, a flash. It's yeah. not consistently. And that's what we have to see from him because I don't like Connor Williams being the kind of the whipping boy for this offensive line woes because <laughs> it's not just him.
3: Not, it's not just him, heck, but he is going against Sheldon Richardson this week.
2: So that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
4: It don't get it don't it doesn't get any easier out there, right? It doesn't get. It's not going to be a situation where he's going to come up against a middle schooler. He's going to get a dog every week, week after week. Charlie. So you're right, man.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I loved how you just go, well, so
4: uh,
2: so. Okay, so uh, Connor Williams, Connor Mcgovern. There's still a little bit of a battle there, and we'll see how that that progresses moving forward. But in terms of uh, something that I heard today that was encouraging, I want to kind of end on a positive note, and this may not sound positive at first, but I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Jerry Jones on the fan today, the flagship station of uh, the Dallas Cowboys radio network, said to uh, Sean and RJ that whenever it comes to the gap between the Kansas City Chiefs last night I mean, they looked fantastic, uh, to say the least, against a very, very good Baltimore Ravens team on the road. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's the $500 million man for a reason. And we saw that again last night. Jerry was asked, is there a gap? Is there something that you can look for the Cowboys to to really improve upon? And instead of his normal answer of coming in and saying, no, we we, we like what we have, he said, yes, there is a gap. That's very encouraging to me as a Cowboys fan because – You look at the seasons, and I know you've heard this before, Isaiah, and Rob and Heckman as well, but you look at the season in quarters. You look at them in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. Right now, if you win this week, you've got a chance to go two and two in your first quarter, even as bad as you've looked. And you can turn around. You could easily have a three and one second quarter, and especially in the di- division that you're in, you're by no means in a terrible spot. Oh. Even though you're one and two, the percentages are there that say, "Hey, one and two's not good," but neither is this division. Yeah. And you've got a, an opportunity here to to turn things around. And I think it really starts this week. Do you agree in that sentiment?
3: I do agree. I, I agree the fact that. You know the NFC East looks absolutely terrible right now, so it doesn't yeah. really matter how bad the Cowboys look right now. They still have a great opportunity, <laughs> and we're it's like you said we're in the first quarter, so we can't talk about playoffs right now. No, but um, they're in a terrible division. Um, they have not looked the way in which they could consistently. Right? Um, I think the areas in which we're talking about need to be addressed. They have to be addressed because they affect the ability. I mean, we very well could have been sitting here at zero and three. Yeah, I could mean, have really right. The foul you court. also could have been. Two and one? You could have been two and one, absolutely, three. right? Um but you could have you know, been three I, and I, oh. But, you but could, in, in You ter- really could. It could have been three and oh, you know, you showed up. So uh um, three close games. In terms of the 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 gap that we were referred to, that Jerry Jones referred to, I, I think if Moses was to come out here with a staff <laughs> in the Red Sea and park that thing, that's how much <laughs> of a gap there is right now between the Chiefs' efficiency on offense versus the Cowboys' efficiency. We're not talking about just pure talent. We're talking about is this team moving like a locomotive, right? And the yeah. Chiefs seemingly could do they whatever are. the heck they want to. They're on defending offense.
2: champions, and they yeah. look better than they yeah. were last <laughs> year. They, uh, that's going to happen. Yeah. The and Cowboys still but, have a long way
3: but, to go, but the Cowboys do have a long way to go, and they're going to continue to get better as guys continue to come back, as guys continue die. to come back from uh, you know from IR and their injuries. This team is going to get better. Yeah. And, and to your point, they they have looked good in certain spurts, and they will continue to get better. And I I am encouraged. Um, by one, that, when the roster is fully set in stone and all the guys are back, this is going to be a heck of a team. But as of right now, we got put, put together the pieces and make it happen.
2: I wish I could high five you through the the plexiglass, just straight through it. But heck, do you agree? <laughs> he hit us with a
1: Moses reference. <laughs> <laughs> he just hit them.
2: <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I didn't know hey, that was
3: coming today. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. Hey, <laughs> you know I keep it one hundred, man. We'll be there, but right now we're not. Right now, we are not.
4: Boy, that's a big gap, boy. <laughs> <I> mean, Moses <laughs> won race. That's, that's a heck of a gap, bro. Uh, yeah. It,
1: it, <laughs> I can't.
4: Yeah, you can't even start
2: talking. <laughs> Rob, take over. Take over, please, while Heckman keeps his stuff. Uh, oh,
1: man. I think I predicted kind of halfway that the Chiefs were going to go undefeated <laughs> this year. I'll just go with that now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to okay. go all in with that because wow. the, way, the way offenses are going – and with Pat Mahomes there, and the fact that they their whole team is back. I mean, they yeah, basically yeah. brought everybody back. That that was really significant. The coaching staff's intact. That makes a big difference this season in huge. particular. And I'm not making excuses for the Cowboys. A lot of teams are dealing with new coaching staffs, yep. but I think that that's a huge reason why it's it's the red sea right now. I mean, there's <laughs> there's new players, there's new schemes, and there's a lot of injuries for Damn. the Cowboys right now, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure it all out. I, I agree. I think. Especially with this division, there's an opportunity to continue to improve. Um, you're not going to face. I think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback, but you're, you know, hmm. the first three quarterbacks you face have all been in the Super Bowl. That that's that's definitely a challenge defensively. There's stuff. I think they're going to get better, but yeah. they've got to be able to stay somewhat healthy and get some guys back because they are compromised, and I think it is affecting what they can do on the field.
2: Yeah. All right, Heckmeyer, are you back? They're definitely you back miles with with us? apart.
4: Yeah, I am. No, okay. I am. <laughs> Isaiah got me with that one, man. Um yeah, miles apart and when you talk about Kansas City and their offense, just their offensive play design, uh, just the the my god, the the things that they do in the red zone, how guys are continuously always open uh in those routes, the spacing that they have. I mean, there's a lot to admire about what Kansas City does. And so, yeah, that's that's a if you're looking at that from that aspect, and you definitely admire everything that Kansas City is doing. And they don't have... Even as far as their defense, a lot of the guys that we have in comparison—you, I mean—we had some of those linebackers on our team yeah. a couple of years ago, and you look at what they're doing in Kansas City. I sure would like to have Damian Wilson back right about mm-hmm. now, uh, but man, this is uh, this is just one of those things. And, and you look at Kansas City—you're right, Rob. This is a team that doesn't look like they can be beat by anybody. Yeah.
2: Uh, They're they're fantastic, and even right now, whenever the gap is big, and it is, there's a long way to go for the Cowboys team. If you get healthy, that gap shrink, shrinks, I think, significantly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes together quite a bit, pretty easily, over the next couple personnel, of weeks.
3: Personnel-wise.
2: Yes, it does, yeah, 100%. Personnel-wise. Yeah. In terms of the
3: coaching aspect, that's where I think everybody's talking about that. where there's a huge advantage because mm-hmm. that staff has been together, and those guys show up, and they're just playing ball. Just
2: straight off of, yeah. of continuity absolutely. and having right. that, absolutely. that familiarity. There's no learning curve. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a fantastic point because it's going to, like, no matter how good of a program and how good of a staff you are in yeah. terms of Mike McCarthy, you're still behind the eight ball yeah. because of what this offseason was Absolutely. because what this whole season is going to be. But right now, if you're Cowboys Nation, don't even. Press the panic button. It's no. nowhere close no. to panic time. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of questions and there's frustration, but let's not panic, everybody. Let's calm down. I haven't even ordered the panic button from Amazon yet. I haven't even pressed let's let's ship it to the address. Let's just <laughs> let's just sit down, let's just chill <laughs> for a little bit. We can we can talk about this later on. <laughs> there's a long way to go in this season and it'll be a ton of fun to, to break it down for you. Tomorrow we will break it down offense v. defense, Cowboys versus Browns. It's going to be a ton of fun. Join us tomorrow at 9.30 here on DallasCowboys.com. And if you can't join us live, listen to us on all of the streaming platforms in which you can digest your Cowboys content. But that's going to do it today here for Talking Cowboys. Special thanks to Chris Beam in the backboard for Isaiah Stanback in studio. For Rob Phillips and Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans saying so long from the star in Frisco. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.